Welcome to the Alaskan Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Maloof, and I'm here with a little switch around. My guest is myself, and the actual host for today is Christina Hendrickson. Hello, everyone. So, welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. <laughs> You're so welcome, Amy. So, for any longtime listeners, first-time callers, my name is Christina, and I have the chance to interview Amy today. And my intention for doing this was to provide any previous fans, but also any future guests, the opportunity to get to know your artist slash podcaster slash community member as she sits down across from you and gets to dive in deep about your craft and your passions and your love. And I wanted to give her the same sounding board. So over the next hour or so, we'll go into a couple of small, easy questions, but also some deep dives that I'm really excited about. So thanks, Amy, for giving me the trust to be with this microphone and you today. Thank you. Yeah, I've been I've been looking forward to this since you texted me, and I thought, what a treat and what a beautiful friend to offer that. And thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So we'll dive right into questions. Why did you decide to do a podcast of all things? Well, it's this has been a project that I've had on my mind for about five years, and. Uh, probably seven. I've been saying five years for about two years. So it's, it's, it's a little bit older of a project. Um, and it was born out of loneliness, mm-hmm. actually. Um, a lot of the times as an artist, um, I'll be in the studio by myself, mm-hmm. listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. <laughs> making friends through my earbuds and, um, and also remembering what it felt like to be in college and having all these peers, having all these artists that I could talk to, having someone like in the next room that I could bring a piece that was kicking my butt and bring it over and be like, Hey, can you look at this? Or we'd both look at it or we'd turn it upside down or we'd be like, Oh yeah, you're right. That does suck. Throw it away. Um, we just peers having peers and other art brains. And, um, I'd realized I've been trying to use my friends as artists Mm. and some of my friends have artistic tendencies but most of my friends aren't artists. Most of my friends are actually medical and mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. go to art school. They didn't, they haven't spent their lives trying to figure out. We all appreciate art. Everyone appreciates art. Everyone, <laughs> everyone seems to appreciate art. And the way I noticed this like showing up, um, we'd be at a brewery and there's usually art on walls at breweries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would be drinking beer with my friends and I'd want to talk about the art on the walls and as soon as we started actually talking about the art on the walls and there were opinions, if I was sharing an opinion or um, I wanted to talk about the colors or the mm, patterns uh-huh. or whatever, whatever I was responding to with that art, unless it was that's really nice and I like it, my friends just didn't have room for critiques. Mm. They didn't actually want to look at the art. They just wanted to say that it was nice and say that they know the person and say that that's neat and... And which is awesome. Um, boring. Left a little bit of a void. Yeah. It was just like, oh, okay. We're not really going to, we can look at art, but we're not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be critical of it because no one wants to be judgmental. No one wants to be, I don't know. It just, everyone that I was trying to do this with became uncomfortable fairly quickly. Ooh. Okay. And I just kept noticing this and I'm like, I guess we're, I guess I can't use, I guess my friends don't actually want to talk about art. They just want to enjoy it and that's okay. And so, and then I realized, and I was like frustrated with my friends, but then I realized that no, this is actually, that's an okay way for them to feel. They're not trained as artists. They haven't given their life to this discipline. Um, it's no, it's no different than, um, someone in the medical field wanting me to be able to look at a, a clinical case with objective eyes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do it. Nope. Not I just, background. I just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, I could try, I could, I could show up and try to try to be present in the conversation, but showing up as, as an equal to that, that, that person as, mm-hmm. a, you know, showing up as an equal to one of my surgeon friends, I can't hang. And I realized that I was asking actually just too much of my, of my friends who I love. Mm. To, to be able to do a thing that they actually haven't spent time trying to do. 
I just want them to have spent time trying to do it because they're my friends and everyone likes art. So I, um, I just, I realized I needed artist friends. I needed more artist friends and, and, but I didn't want artist friends that I just was seeing at first Fridays and having five minute conversations with. I didn't, I didn't, you know, you can't get into it. Yeah. You want to have more time to take those deep dives, to have those thoughtful conversations about how their medium and how they're able to express themselves through that medium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like dive into it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find out about why they're making what they're making. Why would, why would anyone make art? Really? It's, it's a bad recipe for for money, um, for recipe. sanity. Oh, it's a, it's not like like objectively, it's not it's not a very linear process, right? Like you mm-hmm. know, you can go into medicine and make money and have success. You know, mm-hmm. you can go into accounting and make money and have success. That is not the case with art. It it, it is because beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It, like yeah. your friends with beer in their hand. Not every painting that we see on a first Friday tap house room wall speaks to us no nor is Mm -hmm. it even good and everything in my collection that i've invested in has spoken to me and had a representation of an incredibly motivating and changing time in my life and that's why Mm -hmm. i made the investment in it yeah so i understand so have you been able to meet your goal of expanding your friend network beyond just friends in your earbuds as you said earlier (laughs) by having this podcast i know it (laughs) not that not that i'm lonely as a as a human i'm i've been lonely (laughs) as an artist yes (laughs) um yeah yeah it's i i think i'm like nine episodes in eight episodes in Mm -hmm. and Already, every single one of these episodes has changed me individually as an artist. Like, mm-hmm. I've loved, I've fallen in love with every single person I've interviewed. And your listenership it's can so hear that. Fun. It's so much fun to listen to your past episodes in preparation for today and just hear the enthusiasm that you bring in, but then mm-hmm. also the connections that you make, even though you don't have a formal training in their particular medium, your appreciation of it, but moreover, their story and how they got there to mm-hmm. begin with. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And they're amazing people. They're amazing freaking people. Um, so that, I think that I, about most Alaskans is that we've got an amazing community up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting, Alaska is a really interesting recipe that are really interesting set of ingredients that produces some neat results. So um, we're but, doing yeah. this from an actual recording studio, but you spoke of the desire almost to harken back to collegiate times where you would have a shared studio or a shared space with other people. Mm-hmm. And majority of us, especially even after COVID, we don't share very many communal spaces anymore. And a right. lot of our artist peer group are working out of their own home or they have selected rental space in one specific spot. Mm-hmm. There's no commissary or studio whereby there are shared supplies and shared spaces with the exception of the seed lab. Has mm-hmm. the seed lab been able to fulfill that void in any way for you or, or bring you in touch with others in the community? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Um, not, I think the potential there is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, just, that has not quite yet been realized. One of the things I'd actually like to use the seed lab for is for critique, a critique night. Um, we did, I did one of these uh, with Becky Stefan at Stefan Fine Arts. And uh, we had, we had, I think, nine artists show up and everyone brought two pieces. Okay. And, and we structured the critique just like a college critique of like, um, put your piece up here. Mm-hmm. Tell us what your goals were, and and then we'll respond. Okay. And that's just how that went. And it was, um, you know, critiques are a very vulnerable thing. Incredibly. Like incredibly vulnerable. And But you learn so much in that process. You learn so much in, in exposing your yeah. art to all these different brains mm-hmm. that are then telling you, honestly what you what they think yeah which is that's hard to get from adults incredibly you can get that from kids sometimes you can rarely get that from adults (laughs) the precociousness of children of course they're going to give you their unflapping opinion whether you want it or not awesome when you yeah i love having kids look at my art and not giving them any hints and just be like what do you think and they'll be like oh it's gross or it makes me think of this and that's 
Prices. It's like a Rorschach's test for each uh, one of them. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I love it. So that was, um, that was actually a really fun night. There was, we, we, no one wanted it to end. We were there for like three hours, which sounds terrible, right? To be at, at a critique for three hours. No, but, but if you're networking and building your community, oh for sure. Yeah, we're drinking wine and looking at each other's art. And some well, of there it, you go. Some That's of why it, you were there for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That helped. Um, but like we all ended the night and we're like, okay, when are we going to do another one of these? Oh, and fantastic. So that's, and this, this space specifically in the seed lab is ideal for that. So we have some really comfortable spaces and um, yeah, it's just a matter of organizing it and sending it out. Great. great. So um, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do uh, one a month. sounds ambitious, but um, would also be amazing. Mm. Well, it doesn't mean that you always have to organize it. I know. <laughs> exactly Ladies right. and gentlemen, she was just looking around the room like, oh, gracious, who in the world else would probably organize oh, Christina that? Christina wants to organize it. <laughs> and that'd be perfect. <laughs> no, this is not an interview about uh, me, Amy. This is all about you. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so those have all, like, I, I have been so overwhelmed with the response to the podcast, the response to Critique Night, like, it's pretty neat how many how many artists want to engage in the same ways that I've the same ways that 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 I've been responding to producing this out of lack. Um, people have shown up of like, oh yeah, I'm, first of all, I'd love to, I'd love to sit down and record a podcast with you. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I reach out to an artist, that's usually the case, unless unless I don't know them, and then then it's crickets. That's, mm-hmm. that's been an interesting one. If I have a relationship with someone, it's always like, of course, let's sit down and. Mm-hmm. Of course, let's mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And when can we do that? Maybe, maybe tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's did, a little yeah. bit of human nature. We always want someone else to help us establish that introduction, mm-hmm. and therefore you have that common denominator to build upon. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually a thing that I would really appreciate help with from listeners. Is if you if you're if you're friends with an artist, talk to them for one. Tell them about this podcast and then connect me with them. And so that they're not scared that it's that big of a deal. We're just going to sit down and hang out. Yeah. And I can contend with everybody's emotions of, well, I don't know her. And how does she approach people? She's going to ask me really tough questions. Yeah. And I can assure you with all the love in my heart as a friend of Amy's that she will not be someone that doesn't give you the most genuine exchange ever. Cause she'll meet you exactly where you are. She's just has that ingenuity about her. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So, I don't want anybody to be scared. Of course I was actually just telling you right before we started, before, before we hit record that I was nervous. Hmm. I'm fine now. Yeah. I know you would be. Yeah, we just need to hit record. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there may be a, a glass of wine in her hand to help her along here, which is super fun uh, to be able to kick back with a friend on a random Monday afternoon and have a glass of wine and let me interview her. Right? So. How lucky is this? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> lucky dogs. So you've built a community in short eight episodes now. You've utilized a, a space that is meant to to provide and establish and nurture a community. Are you moving forward with any uh, potential mentorships for some young enterprising new artists in Alaska or Hmm. focusing on just those that are, um, that you have the relationship with and that are known? What other opportunities do you are you seeking out with this? As far as like who mm-hmm. who would I interview, or even uh, modes and oh. where people are coming from? Um, I'm I'm actually interested in what in interviewing anyone that considers themselves an artist mm-hmm. that has deep ties to Alaska. So if someone that has lived here for thirty years and then they move down to to New Mexico, that's still an Alaskan artist. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that is just turning twenty and they realize that they like art and like what is this? That's like, I would love to get inside of that brain. That's amazing. I just, I just interviewed one of my coworkers. Um, I interviewed him, um, Sebastian. He's, he just discovered photography in mid high school Mm. and realized that this was the thing he wanted to use to explore the world with. And, you know, he's young. He, he has, he is, he's young. He hasn't had the pain that goes along with being a lifetime artist in a lot of ways. And, also, I think that's really nice. Like, I remember that and um, a little jealous of that. So that was really <laughs> nice to hang out with him and just be like, ah, 
yeah, like the just like the stars in your eyes kind of artist. Like, like I can I can heal the world through my art kind of idea, and I love that that exists, and um, that's still a thing that I would like to participate in with my own art. Um, I love that idea of healing the world through art. I don't. I mean, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Art's a process. Um, well, and then there's we have all these old like not old but um, long time long time Alaskan artists that are. You know, they might be around for that much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or already starting to snowbird for that matter. Yep. So those are some of the ones that I feel a little bit um, more urgency to to nail down before they fly away. Of course. Um, and so potentially of those ones. connecting those elders with some of the young emerging artists that you just spoke of, too, mm-hmm. and providing that collaborative space for them. I understood mm-hmm. that was a mission of the Seed Lab, too, when it first uh, came about from the Bloomberg grant a couple of years ago. Yeah. So not yeah. to paint you jaded as an artist, but you did <laughs> you sure can. open <laughs> up the door um, with the word uh, pain. What art comes from your pain, or how does your art heal your pain, Amy? Oh, that's a... Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, the first, most of my life I've had a really, um, amicable relationship with my art. Like it has been a, it has been a conduit of just meditation and relaxation for me, especially like when I started, I started drawing, um, started drawing as a seven-year-old. My mom took me wow. to, to art lessons. And mm. my, my, my art teacher, his name was Robert Rommel. He lived in Salt Lake City. He was a member of the LDS church, and he did a lot of tight realism. And he mm. was really good. Mm. And we, I would go over to his house every Saturday from 10 to 11 and pay $7, put it in the clipboard. I would sign my name. And then the first task that we had, I'd sit down on my easel, I hated this. He would give me a half a piece of paper and I had to write 10 times. I, Amy, am an artist. I, and I had to write all of the words in a straight line. And I hated, I hated it. Of course. I hated it. I was like, why can't we just draw? It's the rigidity of it. Yes. And that was the most important formative action that he could have. I learned more in that than than in all of the art lessons combined. Was it an affirmation that you learned or another I just principle? Started, uh, I just started to believe it. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so an affirmation, okay. but yeah. but as a seven year old, and having to write it, hating writing it because because oh. it was it was hard. I had bad penmanship. It's hard to write without a line supporting you, and you're writing on, on a piece. It's not writing yeah. on a flat piece of paper. You're writing. You're writing at a at a seventy degree angle. And are you left handed or right handed? I'm right handed. You are right handed. Okay. Left eyed. Right. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. fairly ambidextrous. Um, but, and then, so once you got done, the reward of getting done writing, I am an, an artist 10 times in a row was you got to just draw circles on top ah. of that. And so then you get into this flow state and where you're drawing circles, big circles and little circles, and you draw them until they're perfect. Like you just keep moving it around. Wow. And, and I thought, I thought this was just a normal way to learn drawing. And what I realized was like, this man is a genius. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky to get to like be, be under his, under his watch. Yep. And, yep. and those, that and I was your polishing of wax on wax off before you learned your karate moves. <laughs> it's exactly that. <laughs> it's exactly that. And this seven year old kid that, you know, I remember, um, I got confused for a boy a lot as a kid. Okay. And, and I didn't care. I just <laughs> didn't. My sister cared. She cared. My mom cared that I got confused for a while. I just, I didn't care. Mm. I just, I was like, huh. Obviously, you haven't looked close enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is a you problem, not a me problem. And and uh, so, you know, to, to get me to hold still, sit down, concentrate on writing all those words down that I, and then, and then I was sucked into the process. And mm. then I got to draw and he would come around. And he would help. He would, there were a lot of techniques, but basically, what I was learning was how to copy, how to copy from from a, an image, a two D image okay. to a, to a two D pencil drawing. Oh, okay. And that's all he would let me do. He wouldn't let me use color. He's a freaking genius. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't let me use paint. All I could use was a pencil. Okay, so you learned to shade, and you learned how to. You learned how to use actually this tool. tool. Yeah. You learned how to use Incredibly. that tool and how to see it, mm. and how to see the and differences. depict for that matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yeah, and drawing is just a technical skill. Do you remember any of the shapes or scenes that you drew with oh, this? Oh, all of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The first one I drew was a sticker of a bear with a heart on it. It's very simple, very simple. But to get the proportions, people people don't realize how hard it is to actually draw. Mm. They oh, I do. I draw the best looking stick figure you'll <laughs> ever see in your entire life, and that is the extent of my artistic capabilities uh, as far as drawing is concerned. But drawing's freaking hard, yeah. right? Yeah. And and uh, so there were a lot of techniques that he used to basically train my brain to be able to see the differences. We we do a drawing and then we take it and flip it upside down, and then you could see the oh, you wow. could see the discrepancies oh, wow. and then you could correct them um, one of the ones that he would do is he, he would take one he would take the piece of paper and then he would take the drawing that you're drawing from mm-hmm. it and tape it right on top of it and you could flip it back and forth like you were flipping a magazine uh-huh. and then you could put the line in flip it close it open it and then you could get the lines exactly where you needed it to and it trained your brain to get to like put those lines in where they belonged fascinating and so I did, I did super tight realism and I got good at it. I got, I got, um, I have, I have some photos in my house or some, some colored pencil drawings in my house that I did in high school that I show people just so they can, just so they can know that I actually can draw because <laughs> no, my homework is abstract now. Yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, um, do you find yourself applying any of the techniques that you learned in those early seven year old $7 one hour Saturdays that you are applying to your abstract work now? Every day. Every day. Every day. Okay. Every day. Whether it's building a railing, whether it's, whether it's like actually building something that needs to be structural. Um, it's the ability to see discrepancies and see patterns and see differences that that's, that's what that training would do. That's and to get that at seven is <laughs> unbelievable. To get that at seven for such a for such a low cost, and my mom took me there every Saturday, like clockwork, and um, it created that foundation that you're still building upon today. Yeah, that that's why I'm an artist is because of those drawing lessons. And then I went on to major in in sculpture. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I started as a painting major, and then um, switched over to sculpture when I when I realized you can combine all the cool stuff you can do in the garage with all the, the, all the drawing. Mm-hmm. It was a merging of these two skills. So I was always in the garage um, by myself or with my brother building something. Okay. We were always making something, building a tree house, building a birdhouse, making a booby trap. We were always <laughs> making something. My brother and I made fireworks for a while. What? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. But so my brother, my you brother, go from these circular black and white lead pencil <laughs> drawings to to building fireworks. I think yeah, we I just was, jumped the timeline. We a little did, bit we did, but they were they were concurrent. They were at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, so like I'd go to drawing lessons, and I'd come home, and I'd be in my fire, my I'd be manufacturing um, little little tiny explosives with fuses with my brother. <laughs> And, uh, and you wonder why you got mistaken for a boy sometimes. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it, was, oh, it was such a good childhood. It was so good. Um, so I, was, I, I had these two loves. I loved drawing and I loved making things. And, and, I, and I, it's when everything is simple. You know, it, of course. Like everything is simple when you're making things and it's, it's not complicated. It's not these like really confusing things of the rest of life you're just exploring mm-hmm. finding what comes of it and learning yeah. new and skills they're, they're real the materials too but also That's it sounds also like you me. enjoyed working with your brother aka co-conspirator is what i'm hearing yes so he you great. had community in your art very early on mm-hmm. okay yeah and he's an engineer so he had an engineering brain <laughs> and i had the artist brain and and between the two of us we would we would just build things together we would build things all day, every day. You guys are like the perfect James Bond villain, the two of you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'd actually really love to do a piece with him, mm. uh, like a big piece. Oh, that'd like be a, fun. Yeah. I think that'd be super fun. So my dad's an architect. My sister's an interior designer. My brother's an engineer. And between the four of us, we can nearly make anything. Truly. And, the, and then Jess is an architect as well. Yes. So And Jess, ladies and gentlemen, is Amy's oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, she's... And she's a rock star. She's going to make neat things. She is. And I want to collaborate with her, too. Um, yeah. So, so did you take yeah. Jess or your son Ben to Saturday art lessons? No, I 100% failed as a parent. <laughs> you did not. I, your I, kids are amazing. I didn't teach them to draw though. No, okay. I didn't. I didn't do that. Okay. I wanted to build go-karts with Ben. Okay. I didn't want to do that. Okay. And I wanted to, um, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff you want to do with your kids, but then they come out as their own people. So then you can't just tell them what they want to do. And so you, it's it's important life lesson. I'm just going to insert this for all of your listeners. You can't tell your kids (laughs) what they want to do. You sure can. You can try, but they won't like it. Yeah, no. Yeah. So so I'm a certain case study for that Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So that one was when I learned pretty quickly that like, that's okay. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. that's just my, my kids are, it'll be fun to see what they do. Yes. Uh, it'll be fun to see what they do. And they're both, um, Ben is much more uh, design inclined. Mm. Um, he's very good with details. He's incredibly good with lighting, mm. like really good with lighting. Um, yeah. And, and Jess is, Jess can do, Jess can do anything she decides to care about. Yes. She is empowered that way. So that'll be neat. Yes, very much so. Yeah, so I guess I didn't fail. No, not so ever. Not so much. Not so much. No need to be self-depreciating. This is all about you. But I didn't teach them to learn. I didn't teach them to draw. Yeah, but you taught them to learn. Yeah. And that's the most important piece. Yeah. So So we're still okay. So speaking of failing as a parent, what, (laughs) exactly uh, as an art parent, because each of your projects, you're almost like the mother too, because Mm -hmm. you're breathing life into them. They are a reflection of what has inspired you along this path. Do you have any, and I'm putting up my Cody fingers, ladies and gentlemen, any f- projects that you perceive as failures along this artist path that you've uh, been navigating? Oh. Failure is a really interesting word. I would not, I have pieces of my art that I don't like. Hmm. Um, but somebody else does or a client? Uh, no, if I don't like it, I destroy it. Okay. But that's not failure. No, not what It just means I don't like it. Okay. Um, yeah. I wonder when they're going to stop sanding downstairs. I don't know. Never. I think that the timing right, sanding of this the background, is amazing. <laughs> and almost as though on cue, we started the podcast. And as we are in a co-space, which does hearken to the fact that there are other mediums uh, pursuing their pleasures right now. Uh, We are on the second floor of the Seed Lab in an actual recording booth, but it's not what I would call most soundproof based on the age of the building. (laughs) So we've been listening to the humming of what sounds like a very industrial sander down Mm -hmm. in what I remember is the garage space of the Seed Lab. Yeah, but there's like direct port between here and there. (laughs) Oh, most definitely. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not separate. Um, yeah, so that's an interesting question. So I think I think defining failure within art is it has to be based on your objectives. Mm. So for me, if if I if so right now I'm making a piece and I'm I'm really trying to um, what I'm going for is the the feeling of one repulse like grossness. I mm. want I want there to be this visceral like. Reaction. Gut reaction oh. to this piece. Wow. Okay. Um, Walk me through that. Well, you said it was a, an objective. Is that an objective of yourself or? An yeah, I want to see if I can produce this emotion in my viewers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. like I want, I want and across the board too. Ooh. Like I don't want just some people to feel it. I want everyone who looks at this piece <laughs> to feel just disgust. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is a really strong emotion, right? It is incredibly and, and, strong emotion. And not emotion. pleasant. People don't, people, it's not an emotion people go towards. <laughs> um, but then I, I found, because I, I did have, um, success with one of these, um, with one of these pieces that I was making that it, it just kept eliciting such strong reactions. Mm. And I was like, wow, this piece is getting such strong reactions. And, and I, I, when I started it, it was kind of a joke. I was like, I, it was, it's, I've been working with spray foam and I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder what, what I could do with this piece of like with, with spray foam and mirrors. And, and initially what I was going for was I wanted, I'd seen this piece at the international gallery, the ICGA at, um, that someone had puts a bunch of little tiny mirrors into it. And when you looked at it, you didn't know if you were, you thought you were looking through the wall <gasps> oh, and okay. you weren't sure. Okay. And, and gave you I thought depth that was really neat. issues. Yeah. yeah. And I was okay. like, oh, that's super cool. That's a, that's a flat piece someone put on a wall that, that made you question your reality. Ooh. And I was like, that's freaking cool. <laughs> I'm going to play with that. So this, this was, uh, maybe 17, 16, 17 years ago that okay. I, that I grabbed onto that idea. Cause, and it's taken this long to get to this. No, I made it. I made it 17 years ago. Oh, and, okay. And then I, so I had, I made this piece with all these mirrors in it. 
And then I used spray foam and it looked what, what the result was that I didn't really anticipate was it looked like a bunch of intestines Ooh, all okay. over this, this big round piece and round, round pieces are very maternal. Yes. Right. Like they're, they are Circular not, they are around pieces maternal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then there's this like juxtaposition of all these intestines on this round, large, this, it, and it's like four foot diameter. It's this large round piece that's full of intestines. And then I painted it red. Soft edges with intestines in the middle. Yeah. Wow. And it got these just responsive, like people would be over at my house and be like, they'd stare at the piece and then I'd see them start to just, I'd watch their face fall a little bit <laughs> into like And then the disgust. nose scrunchies. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and not that I was like trying to like torture people right like but but it was just this like I feel like a candid camera moment it's this crazy on. observation like like this this piece that i had spent that i was just like messing around with was eliciting this really strong reaction wow. from every single viewer they either mm. loved it or hated it and it was nothing in between okay and i'm like i think i hit something here but i don't know what it is so i left it alone and i just i kept watching people i, I kept watching people watch it and in the meantime, I'm making all of my other work. I'm making trees. I'm looking at sunsets. I'm trying yeah. to figure out how to make that transition from, you know, when, you know, just right after the sun goes down and it goes from like orange to blue and oh, there's that really like so gorgeous. dark blue yes. that is like hard to grab. Mm-hmm. I've been trying mm-hmm. to grab that blue and put it in my paintings for a long time. And I, it's, it's super dodgy. Yes. It, it's not royal. It. It's not navy. It's not it's, cerulean. Nope. It's not, it's not, it doesn't, it won't let me get it so I've, anyway I've been chasing that transition in in my paintings for a mm. very long time while side-eyeing this visceral piece that everyone is paying way more attention to that that I threw together with some spray foam and, and pieces of like as a professional artist I'm following all the rules in my real work over here trying to really trying to get this blue and people are like oh that's nice and I'm like yeah I know it's nice and I'm not even in love with my tree pieces like I like Ooh. them but I'm not in love with them and okay. I'm not like they're not they're not captivating me in the same way that this other piece is captivating me and it was just for one it was confusing okay because as a professional artist you know I've got an art degree I mm-hmm. know what I'm supposed to, I know what I'm, I'm I supposedly know what I'm doing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then this 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 bullshit piece that I threw together is is <laughs> is way more successful as yeah. far as like getting a reaction and eliciting emotions and getting people to engage with it. What you want is which is the whole thing. I just yes. want to play with people. Yeah. I just want to like play with people <laughs> and get to talk to them and see what makes them tick and see what makes them makes them upset and see like it's just a pulse. It's yes. just a way to connect. Yes. That's 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 all art is for me is a way Brilliant. to connect mm-hmm. for me. Yes, it's well, it's it's that and it's also a way to see myself. Agreed. Um, and a way to spend time with myself, and it's a perfect excuse to cancel plans on Friday. Of course. Also, of course. I love canceling plans on Friday. If I have a if I have an art project that I'm into, I'll be like, yeah, I am busy. <laughs> I'm gonna stay home. I've stayed home the last three weekends. I think that's good. It's also it's been neat. It's been neat. And if you have something <laughs> like fruitful label to show for it, that's amazing. Oh, I made the grossest piece the other day. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> it's in the kitchen, and I'm like, ew. And Jake's like, that's, that's gross. And Ben's like, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, two we've part, been all over the place. Two part question. <laughs> and answer the first one briefly, and then we'll go into the second one a little bit more in detail. The Keep first part of the question is tell people what your degrees are in. And from where did you obtain them? Okay, yeah, I can do that briefly. Um, So I got a degree at Utah State University. I got a bachelor's of fine art and sculpture. Okay. That's it. That's it. And I was going to get a master's, but then I thought, why? Yeah. And you're not going to teach us a point. I couldn't figure out a reason why to justify it. So, um, yeah, so I have a bachelor's in fine art. In your bachelor's degree program, did they teach you how to ethically destroy the art that you don't like how do you destroy something that you've created is there a process that you follow (laughs) so i don't okay so this was this is in cache valley utah so this is northern utah Mm -hmm. which is basically southern idaho and so the the 
the demographic there is hick. Mm. 100% hick. And I was a city girl that, that moved to this little, this little town. You know, I grew up in Salt Lake, which is a the legitimate city. And then I go to Logan, Utah and, and I loved the art department, loved the, loved all the things, loved the landscape. Um, and then I made some pieces that I was like, well, these have to be destroyed and I don't want to throw them away. So we shot them. Oh, so that is, I don't know where that falls on ethically. We, you know, we took them, we took them to a place where people shoot. Things. Do you and still follow that methodology for destroying <laughs> things that you don't like? I sure don't. I haven't <laughs> shot a piece since. <laughs> nope. Just melt it down. <laughs> yeah, I just or... throw it in the trash. Okay. I just or oh if I can, if I can reuse any of it, of course I will reuse any of that. Most of the time, if I if I get to the point with a painting, this is the cool thing about painting. You can just scape it off and start over. Mm-hmm. Same with encaustic, or um, with this, paint over. which is the melted wax. You can scrape it mm-hmm. off and start over. Um, with steel, you can. You can cut it up and make it into something else. So mm-hmm. usually if I don't, if I'm not having success with a piece, meaning, meaning I've worked on it for, for 13 hours and I'm still angry or frustrated mm-hmm. or like, I think that, I think that that should be nice, but I still just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just cut it up. Um, I had a piece at a gallery that, um, it bothered me that I'd taken it to the gallery. It was, I don't even really want to admit this, but it was it was an Aurora piece. Okay. Which is All Alaskans love our Auroras. Everyone but Amy. <laughs> <laughs> it just was so trite. It was it was oh. no different than doing a sunset beach scene. Oh, okay. That's what it felt like. Okay. And but I had a really fun time painting it. Okay. But I didn't like the product. I loved the process. But then what I was left with, and I was like, well, you had it good doesn't feelings going suck. into it. I really had a fun time making it. I couldn't objectively find why I didn't like it. Okay. And maybe this is because I had no art peers at the time to tell me why they didn't like it. Potentially. Um, had I taken it to critique night, they could have mm-hmm. maybe told me. They probably would have been too nice though. I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. It had a bunch of purple and a bunch of pink and it was, it was streaky and it was nice. Mm-hmm. And I was so worried that it would sell. I was so worried that it would sell. And so I was like, okay, if I'm bothered that this, if I'm going to be disappointed if this piece sold, mm-hmm. I need to go get it. So I went down to the gallery. I'm like, can I have that piece back? I just, I just don't like it. And I need to like make mm-hmm. it into something I like. So I did. I went and got it and uh, I took, I liked the metal sculpture that I'd attached to it. So a lot of my work has, um, it was, a, it was a, it was a, it was a flagged tree. So a flagged tree is a tree with like, Branches only on one side because the wind mm-hmm. has just beaten it. And so. More like and the majority of Sitka spruce here in South Central yeah, where two trees grow together and they have branches on either side, but none in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or all of the trees on your way down to Girdwood that have just been beat <laughs> by the wind or yes. any tree that is, is in an avalanche path that has also mm-hmm. just been scoured. A tree. So, mm-hmm. so this was a, this was that kind of tree. It was, it was a flagged spruce with branches on one side and it was, it was super freaking cute. And it was, um, it was inspired by the drive down to Girdwood. Inspired by the turning in drive, mm-hmm. and it was on this mound, and I loved the I loved the metal of this piece, but I just didn't like the painting mm-hmm. that I'd put behind it. So I went and got it back, and um, and scraped it all off, and then added wax and changed the painting, and it's it's at Stuff and Fine Arts now, and I love it. Fantastic! I'm so happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that's that's what I did with one of my pieces. That I didn't it's like. amazing that you were able to follow such a, a lovely process send it off have almost a guilt trip about it i felt so guilty and then come back and make it better sometimes you yeah. gotta let it go for it to come back and be better yeah i think had i just left it in my house i would have just scowled at it yeah but but sending it to the gallery and giving it that like Letting it go and then being terrified that it would sell mm. gave me the clarity to know what to do. Well, speaking of scowling yeah. at things, are you <laughs> going to bring this uh, disgust-provoking piece to your next jury evening? Oh, for sure. For peer review? For sure. And they're big. They're uh, like 36 inches diameter. That's a lot of disgust. Yeah. Yeah, because I want them like in your face, right? Like I don't want, you can't be disgusted by something tiny. No, you, oh, I mean you can I mean be. you can. You totally can be. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, scratch that. Um, 
Either way, 40 some odd years on this earth, trust me, there's a lot of disgusting <laughs> things in small packages. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. We can make a whole but list. Just because I see it as disgusting doesn't mean that it's disgusting to everybody. As they say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You're really challenging that and saying that beauty is on the eye of the, well, disgust is on the eye of the beholder instead. It all depends. Okay. It, that's what's cool about art Mm -hmm. is it completely depends on the viewer and people think that they need to be like a trained artist to be able to know how to respond. I'm like, no, just pay attention to your feelings and then, and then then voice them. Don't edit them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's why we use children because they don't edit them. Agreed. And, and if, and if the adults would just pay attention to their feelings and then voice them, you could get really like better feedback from adults than you could from children. If they would, if they weren't editing. Yeah. How do we get a bunch of kindergartners to come into your next jury? I'd love to see oh, a social experiment whereby you take those that are trained peers. Well, what if we just brought the art to the kindergartners? That because they're already in an environment that is. We wouldn't have to have a bus that way. No, 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 no. Yeah, do yeah, do, do the show there and then bring in the adults afterwards and at a later time. Yeah, I actually just met this. I just met an artist who is a who's a is. A teacher, hmm. an art teacher, and uh, yeah, we connected. That would be she'd be the best. She'd be all in on this. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. For those taking notes, look forward to the uh, social experiment that will be kindergartners versus studies <laughs> disciples of art, piece. art pieces. Yeah. in order to yeah, actually, if you're a kindergarten te- if you're a kindergarten teacher, um, I have some art that I'd love some feedback. On. <laughs> uh, juice boxes uh, provided. Yeah, after, I'll bring juice after, boxes. After jury, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. I'll bring juice boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Gushers. This sounds like a whole other, like, there's podcast. A, there's there's a so lot many different do. ways that you could turn this into a really fun product. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, America's Funniest from Videos in the future, too. So. Yeah. Kids say the best things. <laughs> yeah. So oh, you've be been fun. working on uh, projects for clients. I think a lot of us in the Alaskan area are starting to see sunlight in longer days in just six days time. We spring forward an hour. So bright. We're already talking about specifically here in South central about the amount of breakup that is in all of our parking lots. So, I mean, we're drinking white wine, right? We are drinking white wine. Um, Notwithstanding, spring is evokes a time period where we look anew. Is there anything that Amy is looking anew in the art realm, either for yourself or for your products, such as the podcast or any other medium that you're using for expression right now? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really fascinated by the by the foam sculptures I've been working on. Mm. Um, I have, I just bought like eight cans of spray foam. I had no idea there were so many varieties of spray foam. And Are there varieties of spray foam? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a lot of different. Ladies and gentlemen, so I'm doing some... continues to learn something new every day. So. <laughs> right. I'm doing, I'm actually undergoing some spray foam tests right now where I have like little sample boards that, um, because the density, how much it grows, the color, like the, the paintability of it. There's a lot that goes. How in. much it poofs. Yeah, how much okay. poofs. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm. That's I'm, the technical I'm, term for spray foam, ladies and gentlemen. The poofing, the poofing, poofing mm-hmm. factor. Poof, poof, poof. Yeah, and a lot of the times you can, they say it on the can, like this is, this is for big gaps, this is for small gaps, this is for windows, this is for doors, this won't compress this, this won't compress that. Um, there's, so I'm just, I'm actually just seeing what the reality of that is. So I've been just playing with the materials to see mm. what that does. Um, and then I've been I've been really fascinated with encaustic lately, mm-hmm. which is the melted wax. It's mm-hmm. beeswax, mm-hmm. and um, I have we've been we've had bees for ooh seven years. Mm-hmm. Jake mm-hmm. said bees. Mm-hmm. This is kind of his project, but yep. but I get the wax, <laughs> and so so I've been using the wax to to make the encaustic art, mm-hmm. uh, or at least some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it I buy, and um, wax like the encaustic is such a like literally such a fluid medium because mm-hmm. you're melting it and then mm-hmm. you're letting it move yes and then you can you can stop it from moving based on temperature or you can keep it moving based on temperature um it's a lot less control than i'm used to i'm 
coming from like tight realism and mm. knowing where I'm putting every single pencil stroke mm-hmm. or every single brush stroke, mm-hmm. moving to encaustic is just this ephemeral. It's a, it's a dialogue. Like the, the material has an opinion of what it wants to be. And I have opinions of what I'm telling it to be. And we'll see. It's like a marriage, you know, it's like, it's mm. like, we'll see what comes of this, but this is, this is an us instead of a, like with metal, I can tell it exactly what to do. Yeah. Tight, and I, and I do. here. Yeah. I tell her here. I tell her what to do. Yes. And I, and I, and it, and it responds and it's like, okay, I'm going to like you, it's, it's very, it's a lot of work, but it's very simple as far as it will do what you tell it to do. Are you more challenged like by that. the encaustic or more challenged by your metal work? Um, I'm, I'm more frustrated by the encaustic. And when I like, it's, it's weird because when you have success with encaustic, when you make something that's really neat, mm. it's still not you. It's a, a product, you can't of a be, product of a process. That's yeah, why. It, it's the material that did this. It's the it's the mixing. It, it's a lot of really um, hard to nail down things mm. that got you that success. Mm. Whereas with steel, when you achieve success, you're like, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's a hundred percent me. Nice. And so steel is better for the ego, and encaustic is better for the flow state okay and so it depends what you want actually so and it depends what you need and and sometimes we need different things writing your affirmation statement 10 times versus your circles that you got to make seven you write out that sentence and you know it you you can visualize it but with the circles you have that flow state yeah you, you got to be embrace. patient to get the perfect circle exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. yeah it's more it's more of a back and forth yeah. It's more of a dance. Yes. So encaustic is a dance mm-hmm. and and um metal is just a dictation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're both it's not like one is better. No. And it's not like I like one more than the other. And the things I like I will forever work with metal. I think it's I think it's the coolest material. <laughs> you can you can it well, first of all, it comes from dirt. Yeah. I think that's rad. <laughs> <laughs> one of my goals before I die is to just to make a sculpture out of steel that I'm that I got from iron ore that I smelted down like I want to know that entire process and I want to have done that entire process because I think there's a lot that I you know I go I go pick up my steel at steel fab I talk to my dudes and I'm like hey I need I need this I need I need I need four sticks of cold roll like three eighths inch mm-hmm. rod and and I have no relationship to that material and I pick it up and I and I maneuver it and I make a something beautiful out of it but I didn't I didn't I don't know where that came from. Did it come from China? Did it come from Pittsburgh? Mm. Did it come from, I don't actually have a relationship with that material. And that is like, you know where your bothers, that actually bothers me. You know where your caustic material comes from because it came from your backyard. Yeah. It comes from Because I've been watching the bees all summer. Exactly. You know, I've been, I've been going out and sitting by the beehives and watching the bees come in. I'm like, oh man, they've got a bunch of pollen on their saddlebags. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you know, I'll just go and sit and hang out with the bees. And I, I know, I understand that process because I've seen all of it. But with steel, I don't understand that process. And it bothers me that I don't understand that process. I know it comes out of, I know it comes out of dirt. Like, like I understand it theoretically. Mm But that is not enough. So as a Salt Lake City girl, you've definitely adapted to our Alaskan lifestyle. You and I both practice a lot of subsistence. We have a unique appreciation for the landscape that provides for our families in a variety of ways. We both use salmon to the fullest extent. We, you use all the products that your land is able to yield you. So having a relationship with the source of what you're creating is in, incredibly important mm-hmm. to you. It's important to me. Yeah. So it's gonna, not about like no one needs art, hmm. right? I don't think anyone needs art. No one's going to eat. No one's going to eat my sculptures. <laughs> I sure hope not. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna fill a belly. It's uh, not gonna. I it, need it, art it, in it my does, life. It does these other things that are nice after we're already in a point of of survival. Yeah. It's a. I, I think art's incredibly important mm-hmm. once we're already to a point of thriving. Mm. 
It is a luxury it's, at the same time. Yeah, but also sometimes it's survival for people. So but it's it's that is physical art. To me, art is poetry and song and dance. To me, my art, my preferred medium is food. Mm-hmm. I love to take recipes, but then in addition to following something precisely, I'll grab from a variety of recipes or based on the privilege of my travels, be able to pull in different ingredients in addition to your exposure to other mediums. You're now pulling in and educating yourself on, I'm going to say ingredients, but now spray foam and the different yeah. types of spray foam. Same, same. Are. Ingredients. Yeah, exactly. 100% so accurate. I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to continue to appreciate art in a variety of ways, even if it is just staring up into the night sky and trying to figure out exactly what is that blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, you'll have yeah. to come back with me to Kenya because uh, one of the ways that we learned that the communities there make the spears that they do is they take the black sand from the beaches along the riverbanks and they make their metal yeah. from the sand. So would love to extend oh God, that invitation to for you to that. come back and do that. And podcasters listening will definitely follow up with some sort of videography we'll or something. from Kenya. Oh, that would be mm-hmm. neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and like those are old, those are old methods. Ooh, yeah, they're, they're original. And I would mm-hmm. love to, I would love to do that. The OG way, man. It's the best. Right? You know, just like taking the wax from the beehives after sitting with the bees and learning their methods and learning their paths and learning their patterns. Mm-hmm. Incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we get so, it's so easy to get disconnected from our, our planet. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. the, these are things that connect us back to our humanity. Incredibly. Like what humans have been doing for such a long time is taking dirt, heating it up and making it into things, whether it's, brick. whether it's, whether it's brick or pottery or, mm-hmm. or steel or some, I mean, it took us a long time to figure out actually colors. how to make steel, but like, yeah, colors, like, mm-hmm. like we, it's, it's to create is to be human. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not this frivolous thing. It's just actually our birthright. Mm-hmm. And that's when people when people tell me they're like oh i'm not an artist i'm not creative i'm like you you don't actually have the authority to say that you haven't spent enough time and you've been discouraged by this system that we grew up in that doesn't actually encourage creativity and much less failure mm-hmm. like you brought up you brought up failure like what is failure and like mm-hmm. that there that i and i don't have any failures because there i've learned the only reason i would have failure mm-hmm. is if I gave up on something and it was like, I didn't learn anything there. That would be failure. I've made some really bad art. And that, but, but I've learned something from every single one of those pieces. I've learned, oh, that, that, that's, that's actually really ugly. Or that's a, that's a really interesting technique that I don't ever want to use again. You know, like there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just information. It's always just information. Mm hmm. I freaking love failure. I love, I love disasters. I, there was this one piece I made in college. I called it the ooze and it, <laughs> it actually relates to the, the ones I'm making right now. It was this, had a base that was like 18 inch diameter and, and then it had this big spire that was like a, it was like a inch diameter spire and then it went up like 12 feet mm. and, and then I, I dripped plaster on it. And there were all these like gooey bits of plaster that were like dripping down. And then I painted it black. <laughs> and it was just gross. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been on this theme for a minute and yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I just keep poking at it and, um, no one liked it. I loved it. <laughs> and, and it was just like, but I loved that no one liked it. Okay. I, I thought that was so interesting. Like, like it's easy for people to fall in love. It's easy for people to like things, but when they don't like something and they say it, I'm like, we've got something here. Yeah, this is right. really interesting. But tell me more. Like, what don't you like about it? And they're like, I just don't like it. It's, it's gross. I'm like, yeah, but what's gross about it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's actually gross about it? Because the there's nothing gross. Like, you can is go it touch it. It's clean. Mm-hmm. It's black. But there was something in there that people didn't like, and I. I'm I'm gonna find out eventually, I guess. Is that piece still within your possession? I don't know. I have no idea where that piece is. Okay. 
Yeah. It'd be interesting to see something like that stood up against your current creation because they're both they're on the same thing. They're both visceral and they're an evocation of a particular feeling and you seem to be most intrigued. I keep keep wanting to poke on it. It's like um that movie Venom. Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. The the grossness of Venom. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like remind, when you described it, it sounded like something like a set design from some either a horror movie or sci-fi. Yeah, prop I piece actually of hate horror movies. I like comedy. Like yeah. I'm very sensitive to. to <laughs> no, I can't watch that stuff either. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm just like, ooh, that's that's harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that you that I keep being drawn to it, right? I love this, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation <laughs> for those that followed into the studio after me was to understand that your hostess is this incredible, loving person, mother, wife, community member, artist, and so many other distinctive titles slash. Yeah, signature like a bunch pieces of hats I wear I guess huh? you do wear a bunch of hats as we as most women and most Alaskans do throughout the seasons but I also wanted you to understand that she can still be challenged to create the most beautiful blue that we look up into the sky and see when we behold the big dipper but yet she makes these caustic <laughs> material laden uh, pieces that she just adores Right. And it's because it it's meant to evoke, and that's the beauty of art, is that it evokes us into a particular space. It helps us recall a particular time. For those that are in need of it, it helps with the cathartic release that we might need, mm-hmm. or to remind us of the joy of the regular environment around us. And so... I applaud you for all of those methods and all those that have been able to provide you that outlet, whether it be your mom encouraging you to take those classes to that professor and further professors that gave you that skill set. But I think that the conversation that we had here today uh, provides everybody with an understanding of how much of a, a complicated yet incredibly endearing artist that you are. And I love you and I really appreciate being given the space to ask you questions today and count all of this towards your project. And I'm looking forward to being part of the community that grows it from here to the kindergarten jury to anything else that the Seed Lab is able to help you with. All those things, right? They're super fun. Um, And I love you. Yeah. Likewise. I love you. Thank you. Been fun. Yeah. Um, we didn't even scratch the surface of half of the art. I know it was about you. It wasn't about the art. But there's so much more to talk about. I know there's a lot more to talk about, which is why I told you like we could make this forever. But I was trying to stick within the hour mark. Oh, and we are trying to stick within the hour mark. Yeah, that's why I wrapped it up the way that I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect it's because perfect. I'm the host and I'm in the driver's seat. You know what? Yet, You're so. the one in charge. You're the one in charge. <laughs> Now, if the world around me, you just realize that I'm in charge, too. It'd be so much better. Right? You know, Mm -hmm. we'll send out a memo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's send a memo out. It's going to be a hell of a listserv to send that one. (laughs) (laughs) Let's send a memo out. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good process. I think, Mm -hmm. I think if I were, if I were to, um, like, like, why does someone make art? Mm -hmm. Like, why does a human make art? One of like the main reason I make art is I don't necessarily always know what's what's going on inside of me, and over the years there's been like specific themes. Mm-hmm. So I'm 45, and there are there are themes that have come out from the time I was seven mm-hmm. that have been consistent that have that are unconscious, and then when I put my body of work next to each other there's these themes there's these threads that they like go through each other and and connect the dots and i'm like oh that's part of me oh that's part of me oh that's part of me mm-hmm. and the 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 contrast you know the grossness mm-hmm. of some of these pieces that we've been kind of focusing on today are mm-hmm. are, are part of it for mm-hmm. sure but they're mm-hmm. not like the dominant part they're this they're this undercurrent thread and then there's this other aspect of of my art that is um that is 
this idea of two connecting pieces that almost touch. Hmm. This shows up in a lot of my work that is older, older work. And you know, the, like with, with Adam, Adam and God in, um, that the, their fingers are almost touching. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If their fingers were touching, Michelangelo, no one Sistine would care. Chapel. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. If their fingers were touching, there wouldn't be that tension. It's the, the fact that their fingers are almost touching. Mm-hmm. It's, it's slightly interesting. Well, and it evokes emotion of, are we capable as humans to touch a godlike figure? Are we as humans uh, capable of reaching such heights? Um, I studied yeah. uh, art in AP European history many, many moons ago, and I've always been enthralled by how art, as though you just depicted within your your timeline, how art uh, demonstrates the time frame in which it was created, whether it be religiously based or geopolitically based, whether it be a political cartoon, whether it be Renaissance or Enlightenment or anything in between. Architecture can have the same thing. Totally. Whether it be Baroque or Gothic or mid-century modern. Mm -hmm. There's so many different elements in which the human race has had an outlet in its art to be able to express itself. And it's not just at the um, incredibly heightened civilized area. It's an opportunity for us to look at how even given minimal materials, as though you were in an area that's not as industrialized, Mm -hmm. being able to bring them forward with jewelry or the way a hide is tanned and then worn Mm -hmm. for a ceremonial piece or any of the uh, indigenous ways that we harvest animals here in Alaska. Some of my most favorite reflections are uh, walrus uh, whisker earrings that a couple of artists that I know are privileged enough to have the, the walrus Oh yeah, there's a, an artist in particular that I've traveled with in Northwest and North, North Slope communities that her family um, harvests walrus, and when they do, she goes up and pulls out with pliers the walrus whiskers, and she makes the most beautiful earrings humanly imaginable with them. Oh my but who I would have thought that as you're har- harvesting an animal for food and that you're also using all of its other uh, materials f- to clothe or adorn yourself that you would then look be like, oh, let's make a really good pair of earrings. <laughs> right? It's, there's nothing perfunctory right? about it. It is purely adornment. And, yep. and yep. to look at the whole of the animal and to know that all of the animal had been harvested to the fullest mm-hmm. extent practical down to the brick and whiskers. Down to the whiskers. To, to make earrings. Yeah. To make you look pretty underneath your other adornments for ceremony or just for expression mm-hmm. within that community is just mind blowing to me. That's mind blowing. That's yeah. freaking beautiful. Yeah. I would love to interview this person. I will happily make let's, that connection. Uh, I have so many questions. <laughs> But also, like, that's what I love about artists. Yes. That's what I freaking, and like, I can only, like, I only get my little, my little sphere of, like, I can only make so much in my lifetime, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I can only make so much with this, this pair of hands. Mm-hmm. I can only make so much with this body. Mm-hmm. And, but like, there are so many incredible artists that are, that are, that are motivated by who knows what mm-hmm. and who knows why. Mm-hmm. And I am I will be forever grateful to these people mm-hmm. that have come before me, that have come after, that are my that are my contemporaries that I don't even know yet. Mm-hmm. And like I love their brains and I love their passion and I love what they're like. I love what they're doing despite the ridiculous odds of convincing humanity that this thing that I spent seventy five hours on is worth forty five dollars. Like there's 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 a there's a bunch of problems with with how we value artists and yet we're getting there well and and is and the more artists that show up and say hey this is this is what i want to make and i'm going to make it anyway and come hell or high water i'm going to make this regardless if it sells thank you Mm -hmm. that's beautiful and that's the world i want to live in and that's the world i want to support and and i get i get i get to be privileged to make a few things and i get to 
you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to do that. And I'm grateful for the people that appreciate my view and my lens. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a pretty okay artist. Like I'm really, I love my own work. I, I, I mean, obviously like I won't, I won't send something away Mm-mm. that I don't like. And if I do send it away, it'll drive me crazy and I will go get it and I will bring it back and make it till I like it. And, and I, I'm like, and I am one of those people and there are, hundreds of us. Mm-hmm. There are hundreds of us just as passionate, mm-hmm. just as driven, just as talented, just mm-hmm. as smart, just as, and they're working by themselves in their studios, hopefully listening to this podcast and <laughs> knowing how fabulous they are and yes. like, keep up the good work. No kidding. You're making our world a better place. You are. You are. Yeah. yeah. One it's of freaking my cool. favorites about moving to Alaska and not that I hadn't seen it in uh, the abundant world travels that I've been privileged to have to date, but one of my favorite things to do when we have guests come visit us here in the last frontier is to take them to the museum right across the street mm-hmm. and introduce Which them. Which is awesome. We have such a great museum. All the different exhibits that account for Athabascan culture, Anupiak or Alutic. And my first footprints in Alaska was a, a, I had a home in Kodiak and I was blown away at the thought that you harvested a seal and then you were like, oh, I'm going to take the intestines from this animal and make a parka. Yeah. And then in addition to figuring out how to make a parka, sustain a couple of different seasons, you also thought, you know what? I need to make this pretty. And you found a way to adorn the animal product that was keeping you dry as you went out to harvest more animal product to come back in and feed your family. And knowing the source of that perfunctory product, but then still wanting to adorn it. Yeah. Like is it's gotta look good, right? <laughs> <laughs> it it demonstrates to me that even in a uh kill or be killed kind of sustainable and subsistence environment you still look good. You still have this need for an outlet to express yourself. And I think that's what you're finding is that in your other roles, you're, you've always had a need to express yourself in some sort of medium, whether it be building fireworks with your brother or exposing your daughter to the beauty that is architecture and engineering or, and giving her those, opportunities to excel in her own right mind amy as an artist has always remained true to how do i evoke feeling where is my expression point where do i take it to the next level mm-hmm. it's fun it's a freaking fabulous process i know this is why it's fun I, I watching will it never retire <laughs> <laughs> and i love that for you very much cheers to that cheers Thank you for listening to the Alaskan Artist Podcast and send me all of your favorite artists so we can interview them and find out what makes them tick. 